Hey there, and welcome back to Take One. Today, we're reading one of truly the most astonishing pages in the whole of Tractate Brachot, because it deals with something that is so profound and so fundamental. It deals with human dignity. And, and I asked back to the show, our inaugural guest, my rabbi and yours, Dovid Bashevkin. Hello. Great to be here. Let me begin by reading these two or three paragraphs that really kind of floored me the first time I read them and continue to do so every time. The Gemara cites an additional proof from a Baraita. Come and hear, great is human dignity as it overrides a prohibition in the Torah. The Gemara asks, why? Let us also say here, there is neither wisdom nor understanding nor counsel against the Lord. Rav Bar Shaba interpreted this prohibition, which is overridden by human dignity, before Rav Kahana, as referring to the prohibition of, according to the Torah taught to you and the ruling handed down to you, you shall do, you shall not deviate to the left or right from that which they tell you, which is Deuteronomy 17.11. The yeshiva students laughed at him, as the prohibition of you shall not deviate is by Torah law, like all other Torah prohibitions. Why should human dignity override it any more than any other Torah prohibition? Rav Kahana replied to them, A great man has spoken. Do not laugh at him. <laughs> the sages based all rabbinic law on the prohibition of you shall not deviate. However, due to concern for human dignity, the sages permitted suspension of rabbinic law in cases where the two collide. All rabbinic decrees are predicated on the mitzvah and the Torah to heed the judges in each generation and never stray from their words. Therefore, when the sages suspend a decree in the interest of preserving human dignity, human dignity is overriding a Torah prohibition. In any case, it only overrides rabbinic decrees. Explain this astonishing passage to me. What a delicious passage over here. I, I think the passage gets to the heart of a lot of religious negotiation, namely, does your religious commitment override your personal dignity? I think that there are circumstances where people are forced to choose between the comfort and dignity, and I guess there's a subjectivity in that. Um, and then there's like the hard and fast religious dignity, you know, like for Sabbath observers or for people who uh, want to pray at a certain time, there are inconveniences that may rise to the point of actually infringing on their very dignity. What, what I just noticed in this story, and I, I laughed as you read it, is I'm just imagining the Beit Midrash when he's talking about the importance of human dignity, that it overrides a prohibition in the Torah, and the importance of human dignity, and how do the students react to this great ruling about the greatness of human dignity, they laugh at him. Right. I mean, there's, like, there's, like a, there's like a meta-ness to that where they're like, they're kind of, it, it, they're, they're, I think the Talmud's like almost telling you of like, human dignity is really important and that's definitely the conclusion here, but like, it doesn't mean we can't laugh and argue and kind of be almost like, dare I say almost insulting when we're trying to arrive at that law. They literally laugh at him. When, uh, when when he first says this ruling, which I found well, so which is charming, also kind of kind of a meta uh, line, right? Because he says, "Hey, human dignity is really important," and they say, uh -huh. "Let us react in a way that deprives you of human dignity." But but I want to kind of unpack this further. So so an example that came to mind as I was reading this, you know, I I started uh, being more observant some years back, and I travel quite often, and sometimes uh, it means having to pray uh, in certain prescribed times when I'm say at an airport uh, mm -hmm. or on an airplane that uh, a couple of months ago, 
I was in the airport, I believe in Denver. Yeah. And it was time for Mincha, I think. And I was you know, praying and doing my thing. And then I noticed sort of out of the corner of my eye, a few people sort of looking at me really funny. And after I was done, one of my colleagues who was with me and was not praying, was observing me, said, you know, I heard them say something like, uh, I, I don't know what this Muslim man is doing, but it, it looks kind of it suspicious. Look, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, the, the old move that people used to do with with uh, with pay phones, but now you can do with your cell phone, is you just have a very long, still cell phone call right. uh, next next to the window. But I think I think that's a great example, meaning there is an element, again, depending on what your relationship is, when you're in an airport or you're vacationing, like, it could feel humiliating at times to have to pray in this place, in this location. And what the Talmud's trying to work out is when do we factor in your humiliation into your religious commitment. And it seems to say that your comfort, your personal dignity, your well-being trumps almost every commandment. No, 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 no. Uh, there, are, there are very specific limitations. They're no. actually saying there is only, there are no commandments that it trumps except rabbinic commandments. That's what the Talmud's saying here. There are three exceptions to this rule says your human dignity takes second place is the is in the shotgun it's not driving the car right. what's driving the car is a religious commitment and you get shotgun is your human dignity except when there's a rabbinic commandment at play when there's a monetary issue at stake and then there are some other exceptions that may come out from the commentaries, but I'm not going to bore you with that. But you should know that there was a great episode, I remember now, of The Daily Show when Jon Stewart was there. And when Joe Lieberman was running for vice president. Do you remember this? And on The Daily Show, I don't know, you could probably find this clip somewhere. He takes out the old color, and, and people who went to yeshiva might be familiar with this book. It's this color book called the 39 Malachot. It's the 39 laws that you can't do on Sabbath. And one of them is you can't rip on Sabbath. So most yeshiva guys know that what happens, and this is a, a question that comes right out of this Gemara, what happens if you're in the bathroom, it's Sabbath, and you don't have any toilet paper? You didn't rip any before Sabbath. You don't have the tissues. What do you do right now? So if you pull over somebody, they will give you the same answer. They know this, because, and it's straight out of this passage. They say, don't rip on the lines. Rip off the lines, because when you rip off the lines, it's not a biblical commandment anymore, prohibition. It's now only rabbinic. And Jon Stewart was sitting up there on The Daily Show, and he's like, who in the White House is going to be in charge of ripping toilet paper for Joe Lieberman before Sabbath? Which I loved. But that's right out of here. And so here we have a reminder that while the laws of the Torah uh, are non-negotiable, rabbinic law, which is uh, wide, varied, uh, and contains multitudes, uh, may, and in fact frequently does, in several cases, take a backseat to simple, basic, elemental, old-fashioned human dignity. Rabbi Beshevkin, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoyed this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly section of Reading Daf Yomi. 
I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope you've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. <laughs>